This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Okay, all right, let's talk basketball. It's been some time since I've had to convince myself to be encouraged by a loss, let alone one that led to a 1-6 start. However, comma, I think that it is of paramount importance for the Raptors sealing this season that Pascal Siakam resemble any version of the All-NBA second-team player that he was last year prior to the bubble. This game... Flash that. Pascal Siakam looked like the multivariate star that he is. DeAndre Ayton, too slow. Jay Crowder, too slow, a little bit too short. Michael Bridges, even though he's super long and profiling as one of the best wing defenders in the league so far this season, too small. Pascal Siakam was able to glean advantages against all three of those defenders, different types of advantages, different types of success off the dribble, in the post, and able to work in spot up a little bit. Made good plays, would have had far more assists if Baines wasn't, if he didn't have butter on his hands, I should say. So if this game was meant to give Raptors fans anything, it is a concrete step forward that says Pascal has not lost, quote unquote, it. He still has it. He's going to bring it, and the Raptors might be able to expect it for the rest of the season. That's my hope. He looked really great in this game. But as it is, the Raptors get absolutely torched from downtown by the Suns. The Suns are one of the better teams in the league this year. Don't Just because it's the Suns doesn't mean they're bad. The Raptors lost to a good team tonight. That doesn't have to be consolation. You can be disappointed with a loss, of course. There's no problem with that. But the Suns' profile is one of the better teams in the league. They have a lot to like on their roster. Very few holes. They defend well. Obviously, tonight, they shot the ball extremely well from guys like 
Jay Crowder, who is a very streaky shooter. He was on a streak. A guy like Javon Carter, who is, you know, the the perfect third-string point guard. He's gritty. He's hard-nosed. He can hardly shoot. 13% three-point shooter comes in, gives you a couple extra triples that you just don't expect to happen, especially end-of-clock shots like uh, that he was taking. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, hitting shots. Michael Bridges, hitting those corner triples. It was a tough game tonight, although, and it's fine if you disagree, but this game was infinitely more encouraging than the victory against the Knicks. Is that counterintuitive to what sports are about winning? In some ways, yes, but I think it projects more wins into the future because if the Raptors played every game, like the only game they won this year, they'd lose more games than if they played how they did tonight. If they played how they did tonight, I think they'd be... 5-2 Five and two right now. Again, not any consolation, but here we are, Raptors Reaction Podcast. Pascal, pretty good stretch to play. OGN and Obi, a little bit of time at the five. 80% shooting from the floor, 20 points, eight rebounds. Nice to see. Fred, Kyle, still giving you A-plus guard play. Outside of that, it sucks because the bench basically brought nothing. Norm had a little bit in his bag towards the end of the game when they were playing small ball. But prior to that, basically the bench is giving you nothing in the way of positive impact. Yuta Watanabe had a, I would say, a nice little five-minute stint. But again, not much coming from the bench in this one. Outscored by the Suns, 42-26. to And the positive, of course, is that the Raptors, they win the the paint battle, 48-24. to They were really dominant in there. Pascal shot 14 free throws in this one. I think he made nine. Got to be better as far as efficiency in that, obviously, from the line, of course. Uh, Lee Ellis of the starters, no dunks, basketball Jones. Practice your free throws, kids. I, I guess that's my Australian. I hope it's not horrible. But yeah, practice your free throws. Pascal, better than 9 of 14. But the fact that he got to the line 14 times, really, really encouraging. And the Raptors, they've been working with this three-point variance the whole year. The only reason they beat the Knicks was because the Knicks went 3 of 36 from downtown. And in this game, the Suns go 21 of 40 from downtown. They hit a lot of contested triples. They hit a lot of open ones. They moved the ball well after attacking closeouts. As we all know, the Raptors scheme. They run out hard at closeouts. They recover hard. They're a very motion-heavy defense. That's how they play. They expect OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam to cover a lot of ground. The Suns made them pay from behind the line in this one. Sometimes that's how it goes. Another bad thing in this game was that the Raptors' transition defense, especially in the first two and a half quarters, really, really abysmal. Getting mixed up a lot of times as far as which lanes guys are covering You have to cover a lane if you're getting back because if you're just covering a guy, sometimes players can get lost and you'll leave a trailer to the rim, something like that, because you don't all come back at the same time. You cover the lanes, create like a triangle. You have your point of attack defender. You have your two guys on the wings. They can pinch in if the guy breaks into, you know, he gets past the point of attack defender. Typically, you'll have three guys back. If you don't, uh, you're in trouble anyway. That's full-blown transition but anyway you have your point of attack sometimes sometimes they would have two guys in that position and then there would be a guy sneaking out on the wing you'd you would have a layup you'd have a wide open three they were just disorganized they gave up quite a few points that way 
and just a guy pinching in and allowing people to come behind him, stuff like that. It wasn't good. And hustling back, doing all that kind of stuff, you can mitigate some of those weaknesses, but it requires more effort. Effort that wasn't there from the Raptors in that specific play type to start the game. Offensively, though, Pascal scored their first nine points. He was awesome. Went in the post, drew free throws, got an offensive rebound, hit a triple, looked great, as I talked about at the top of the podcast. Fred is well really finding himself open in relocation, pushing in pseudo-transition and transition, creating open looks for teammates, finding himself at the basket every once in a while, and hitting his open triples. All that is de facto Fred Van Vliet basketball. All he has to do is that, and he's worth his contract, without a doubt. Adding any type of competence as far as his pick-and-roll play you're just, that's free money. House money is the term, I believe. And if he gets really good, I mean, hell yeah, dude. The finishing, if that comes, great. That's exactly what you want. But as far as what you're getting so far this season, he's been fantastic in his role. The second half was a smidge underwhelming, though. And that's, you know, that's not particularly his fault because you take what you can get in these games and... Only a few players in the league can truly force the issue to imprint themselves offensively. Fred isn't really like that because he's most potent off ball. And obviously that requires, you know, interplay with other teammates and stuff like that. The Suns, the way they were scoring in this game, it just, it kind of left Fred alienated with what the Raptors were trying to do. The Suns court coverage defensively, while not super great in this game, was was decent. And he wasn't left wide open in the second half or anything like that. He wasn't put in a position to make them pay a whole bunch. But the Raptors functionally trying to win this game off of the performances of four guys, OG, Pascal, Kyle, and Fred. Rest of the team not really showing up. That was true in the first half. It was true in the second half. And it was a problem for the Raptors in this one. As we sifted through first, second half, anything, Aaron Baines, Alex Len, it's clear with how both of these guys are playing currently, that they don't have an answer for a starting center. Aaron Baines, as far as what he's giving you right now, just he cannot be a starting caliber basketball player. He has been weighing on the starters for some time now and has been buoyed by them. But he's clearly, he doesn't belong there with his caliber of play. Does that mean he'll never get back to starting level or near starting level play? I'm not sure, but he is 34. They signed a 34-year-old outright in in the free agency. These guys age. It's a topsy-turvy season. He didn't get the type of training camp or opportunity to work himself into shape as one might expect. And he's just he's not bringing it. Defensively, he can't cover ground as well as he did last year. I've seen a lot of film from him on the Suns. He could cover ground a lot better. The feet were much quicker. The court mapping better because he could kind of convey himself around the court. And as far as rim defense, also much better. Right now, we're looking at a guy who gets his feet crossed, a guy whose foot speed is a major problem trying to catch up to guys who get a step. And he kind of finds himself getting cornered under the rim. What I mean by that is he's just not aware enough of where he is defensively sometimes. And you'll find that a guy, while on the dribble, will walk him under the rim and Baines' contest just leaves him in a terrible spot. 
you don't want the contest to be like right at the rim because most guys are not trying to dunk it. You want to contest in front of the rim. So guys have to avoid you vertical and go off glass or something like that. You're not going to block every shot, especially if you're Aaron Baines. You're trying to make shots more difficult. This is why a lot of front office people who were polled last year thought that Marcus Gasol was maybe the Raptors' best defensive player last year. It's the angles that you make shooters take. It's how you can test. And Baines, as far as that goes, is providing very little tangible defensive chops. That's a shame. Alex Len, he just doesn't have the pedigree to make any type of meaningful impact in big minutes. It's not there. He can be picked on too easily. And that's not to say he's not worth the minimum contract. It's, he's, a, he's a perfectly serviceable third-string big. I think he's like a little bit overqualified for the position. But when he's slid into these starting lineups and you look at he has to play big minutes, if he's out there for too long, eventually a competent pick-and-roll ball handler is going to come into the fold on the other team and he's just going to get skewered. The Raptors don't play drop defense. It's tough to just insert a drop defender into their scheme and say, okay, this is what you're playing. I like I like drop defense. I think it's perfectly fine. A lot of good defenses play drop defense. But trying to just insert Len, a drop defender, into a scheme that calls for hedging sometimes, even the odd switch, it isn't working out so well. So as far as rim defense, I mean, hey, he's fine but he's getting killed in the pick and roll because of his slow foot speed. And offensively, he's never been a big offensive plug and play guy. You want him in there for his defense. Can he stroke it every once in a while? Like we saw in the Knicks game. Totally. But in this game out there against Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Cameron Payne, even that's just, he's a pork chop out there. He's getting eaten up. Diagnosis wise though, for why the Raptors lost this game, it's not particularly complicated. And honestly, And I know this might upset people or it might lean too optimistic for some people. You might want a harsher view of things. And if you do, that's okay. That's not the way I see it, but I totally understand. The Raptors, very motion-heavy defense. The Suns did a really good job of passing around it. The Raptors, they hit open threes. Not the Raptors. The Suns hit open threes. They hit covered threes. Basically, they just made it rain, as I talked about at the top of the podcast. They had a lot of assists in this 130. The Raptors didn't share the ball particularly well. They had 18 assists, I believe. But I think that was nice to see that they were more matchup hunting with Pascal and that he buoyed the offense for certain stretches. That's what you want. The Raptors are going to ping the ball around every once in a while because, of course, but Pascal made good reads as a passer. He was good when he was deciding when to take a guy into the post or take him off the dribble, pull up. Whatever it was, the Raptors' offense seemed to kind of lean that way. Defensively, the process is not completely out of out of left field. It's what they've had success doing. The Suns hit a lot of threes. As I said, they passed the ball well. They attacked closeouts well, especially Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Cameron Payne. Dangerous going downhill, craft at the rim. And the Raptors still a bit foul-heavy. They like to poke and reach their hands in when maybe they don't need to, especially with guys like Pascal or OG, you're, you're good enough defenders that you don't have to gamble like that. Trust that your contest will be good enough. And that's just what the Raptors probably have to do in a lot of cases. 
guys like Norm Powell reaching in when OG has a guy in isolation. That's fine. Leave OG in isolation. Rely on your all-NBA defender. Let it work out. Fred, Kyle, under control, chopping, footsteps, good closeouts. Pascal, if he's closing out on a guy like Jay Crowder, it's that big sweeping jump to try and get him to put the ball on the ground. Same with Michael Bridges when it was against CP3, chopping feet, under control, in contain, because you don't want to give CP3 the lane. It was there. It was the scheme. They just got beat. The Suns, better at shot making. And the Raptors, 115 is not a bad scoring game. It was, the process of this game was good. I know that might be underwhelming or dissatisfying to some people, but I think if the Raptors maintain this level of play, this season turns around pretty quickly. And at the end of the game, they had legitimate success with the small ball lineup. Now, if they substitute Chris Boucher in for Norm, maybe that lineup does even better. Norm kicked it up a notch as far as shot making at the end, really due to being left wide open because Pascal was drawing a lot of attention. That's nice. That's what's supposed to happen. Norm still making a lot of mistakes defensively, though. So the weighing the, the cons and the pros in that area, tough to see, but that's up to Nick Nurse. Basically, that's the game, I think. It wasn't too complicated. There was a lot of stuff to like for the Raptors. I understand that's dissatisfying for some people, but again, that's where we are. Once the Raptors get to, you know, six and eight or seven and ten, and you can see them creeping around five hundred to where that you can see, okay, they're gonna start being the teams they need to. Pascal has it going again, a pillar of their offense that was gone missing, now returned. It's a lot easier for them to look at how they game plan for teams now if Pascal, his driving game, is back in the fold. I liked a lot of what I saw tonight. The Suns just made it rain. Sometimes that's basketball. It sucks that it comes when the Raptors are already 1-5, but I do think this is where you say sometimes it's just basketball. Oh, well. Reggie Evans Award, Pascal Siakam. In this game, if you watched him defensively, the ground he covered was immense. There was a a clip that Raptors Republic put up on Twitter where you can see Pascal covers, goes sideline to sideline one, two, three times in one possession. He's just doing so much on that end. He's not, he only three fouls in this game after having foul trouble in the past few. It's nice to see that. That's a huge part of the Raptors defense and a defense that probably will get back to top 10 in defensive rating this year a defense that was second in the league last year and the type of play that had Pascal in my mind as a for sure top 10 defender in the playoffs last year, despite his, you know, troubling offense and problematic turnovers. He was incredible defensively. I could put him as high as like a top three defender in the playoffs last year, but top 10 to be safe. He's playing this type of defense. That was evident in this game. He pushed in transition His energy was infectious. I was really happy with how he played tonight, and he wins the Reggie Evans Award for that reason. Okay, top quick reaction comment from Rambo. Quote, Kyle Lowry has more rebounds than Baines, Len, and Boucher combined. End quote. Okay, this is a problem. Definitely it is. Baines and Len in particular are famously, they are box-out guys. They've been out-rebounded by smaller guys their whole career. Baines, in particular, 
has helped defensive round defensive rebounding percentages for every lineup he's been on his whole career. Although you can see him bobble rebounds out of his hands, you can see him lose the ball, and you can see him get bested quite a bit now. So is that fair to say now? Yeah, maybe. And the fact that it's all three combined, that's tough. There's also minutes to be considered, and the Raptors incentivize three-point shots, long rebounds, although I read somewhere that that wasn't backed up statistically. Something I'll look into. But I, I understand the trepidation to look at a, a big man unit of three guys and say, why aren't you, all three of you together, out-rebounding your point guard? That makes sense. There's a little bit more that goes into it, but you're definitely striking at something that's important there. Agreed. Okay, Rambo, that's it. That's it for me. One and six, soon to be two and six, and then three and six, and then four and six, hopefully. Who knows? But the Raptors look better tonight. But this has been the Reaction Podcast. You are listening to Samson Folk. And whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.